Welcome to the Covenant Life Center podcast. Our goal is that this message builds your faith and gives you hope. Enjoy the message. Acts chapter 8, do you have it? Here we go. Then the Spirit said to Philip, go near and overtake this chariot. So Philip ran to him and heard him reading the prophet Isaiah and said, do you understand what you're reading? And he said, how can I unless someone guides me? And he asked Philip, come up and sit with him. The place in the scripture which he read was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter. Everyone say that with me. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter. And as a lamb before its shearers is silent. So he opened not his mouth. In his humility, his justice was taken away. And who will declare his generation? For his life was taken from the earth. So the eunuch answered Philip and said, I ask you, of whom does the prophet say this? Of himself or of some other man? Then Philip opened his mouth and he began at, the script, at this scripture and preached Jesus to him. We chose this movie, Wonder. Have you ever seen the movie, Wonder? Great movie. But did you hear what the dad said? His dad was so concerned, and he said, you know, we can't send him in there. It's like sending a lamb into the slaughter. That was his father saying that, and he knew. But he knew he also had to go, right? Well, I think that's a lot of what God feels whenever he sends us out into the world. Well, let me go back even further. The prophet Isaiah, I read you from this that even Philip talked about this with his, uh, if you will, candidate, potential, potential salvation, leading someone to the Lord. He gave him and expounded on the scripture. And in that scripture, it said he was led like a lamb to the slaughter, yet he did not open up his mouth. That was the father speaking about his son, knowing he was going to send him into trouble. It's a hard thing to figure out. But I want to encourage you all today for a moment. I don't want to uh, get off cue, but I do want to stay focused. And if you have notes, I want you to write these three points down in the form of a question. They're really three questions. So I want you to get ready for that. But here's what I want to talk about just for a moment. Have you ever asked yourself, why does God allow me, point number one, to go through valleys. So today we're talking about this and we're going to discuss this just like a one-on-one conversation is my, is my goal and my accomplishment today would be to talk to you conversationally. Because people have these questions and there are some people going through problems right now or experiencing some things and a lot of people question, if my father, my heavenly father loves me so much, why does he allow me to go through valleys? Since we're talking about a shepherd and the sheep, let's reference this off of Psalms 23. In Psalms 23, verse 4, it says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Let's stop right there just for a moment. Keep the scripture up. I will fear no evil. That process of not fearing evil 
takes a discipline. You can't just say, I'm not afraid and not be afraid, right? I mean, courage is really with uh, an act of faith, not with the absence of fear. Courage is when you face your fears, when you face your struggles, despite what you think could happen. That's what courage is. But so courageousness that is in our life, that, that act, it, it, that act of, of, of valiant, that valiant act of moving forward and doing things, and, and it takes courage, and it takes, a, it takes a confirmation in your gut to know that this is what I'm called to do, this is what I'm going to do, this is where I'm supposed to be, this is what we're going to go after. And it takes courage to face our fears and face our challenges. Now, fear comes in different forms and places in our life, in different ways. Fear, fear presents itself so many di- in so many different ways. It brings insecurity. It brings uh, anxiety. Worrying about what you can't see. Worrying things are going to get out of control. Worrying that you're not going to succeed. But yet we find ourselves, it's like there's no other route sometimes. And there's no other place to exit to turn around. Don't you hate that when you're traveling out of town and you miss the exit? And you have to drive five miles just to get to a turnaround. Then another 10 miles just to get back on track. Sometimes those delays are nothing more than a delay in your destiny. And sometimes in this life, you're going to have to face those mountains and face those valleys and understand and comprehend that if I go through this, I'm not going through this alone. God is going through this with me. God is going to go through this with me. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. I believe that was a profession, a, a confession. He was professing his faith. David understood the life of a shepherd, and he was relaying the, from the point of view of a sheep, of a lamb. And then he goes on in that scripture, and he says this. If you throw it back up there, this is what it says. For you are with me. For you are with me. That sense of knowing that God is with you, it takes an act of discipline. Can I give you two secrets to being aware of the presence of God in your life? Two things you must do to feel his presence in your life. Constant. You can constantly feel his presence. And it's very simple, but here it is. Number one, if you will read his word and meditate on it. I know this sounds simple, but it's, it's, it works. And it's, it's the truth. Number two, if you'll just take time to talk to him every day. Those two things will bring an awareness of God's presence around you all the time. Because now you have just broken the barrier of every level of your being, body, soul, and spirit. And I would read the word out loud if I was you. I would read the word out loud. I wouldn't just read it and think about it and then lose it in about 30 minutes when you're in the highway or on the road or when you get to work and forget about everything. You need to have a conscience and your senses need to be touched. 
And the best thing you can do is see it and hear it to let it penetrate your heart and mind and then speak it and as you meditate on it. But if you'll stay, if your mind will stay on the Lord, the scripture says that there is perfect peace whose mind is stayed on God. That means having the peace of God brings an awareness of God in your problems, in your struggles. And the valleys were meant to be there, I believe, for this one thing. Are you ready? Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. When do we need comfort? When we're uncomfortable. We need to be comforted when we're uncomfortable. And you and I would never appreciate the benefit of God's comfort if we weren't in uncomfortable places. It's not that God, allow, it's not that God uh, makes you go into the valley. It's that God knows you're going to face a valley. But the promise is, I'm gonna, he said, I'm going to be there with you. Now, that's a choice. He will be there with you. He will watch you. Just like the love of God, you can never separate yourself from the love of God. He loves you just the way you are. There's nothing more you can do to make him love you more, right? And he sees everything that you're going through. But the way it is now in this dispensation of grace is that God has chosen the modus operandi of prayer. God has chosen prayer and his word and our surrender to him to break through a barrier in this earth to let heaven collide with earth, for us to have an experience with him. Most of us, if we go through a problem or go through a struggle without Jesus, there is no comfort, and we try to find it in everything else, and it's never found. It's never found until you actually go through the problem, and then you realize, wait a minute, I need to get a relationship with the problem solver. God allows valleys for you to develop trust. For you to develop a sense of, 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 of awareness that he is there. Write that down. Valleys were meant to bring trust into your life. An awareness of God's presence. A fulfillment of Proverbs chapter 3 where it says, lean not in your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him, and he will what? You want God to direct your path. What did he say to do? Lean not on your own understanding. It, that is an art and a discipline within itself. Getting yourself to start to think differently is a secret to winning victories and battles and getting through the valley. Getting your mind to respond to negative stuff instead of saying, oh, just my luck. Or instead of saying, this always happens. Guess what? It's always going to happen. Guess what? You're going to live life by luck. But you are blessed. You're highly favored. All things work together for good. This is going to turn around. I'm not going to fear any evil. I'm not fearful of what I see. I'm not fearful of what I hear. I'm not fearful of even how I feel. I'm going to trust God. He's going to comfort me, and I'm going to stay here till I feel him. Till I feel him. That's the secret. Get it in your mind first. Trust him. 
And it's hard to trust him when you don't feel him, right? It is hard to track him when you don't feel him. But when you can't track him, you have to trust him. You have to trust him. Turn to your neighbor and tell them you have to trust him. Trust is another whole level of faith. Well, how would you and I ever develop if we didn't have to go through valleys? Can I ask you that question? Well, Pastor Bobby, that valley is just so dark. It is dark. There's so many nasty things in that valley. There is some nasty things in that valley. This past week, for the first time ever, maybe some of you have had this happen to your house, or it's a common thing. It just happened to us for the first time. Uh, this past week, I, I was walking in my hallway, and when I was walking in my hallway, I, I just happened to look down, and there was a scorpion about this big right there in the hallway, and I would, my chunkla just kind of, <laughs> you know, my spidey senses just kind of kicked in, and I know that wasn't very quick, right? Well, that's what happened. So, so I looked at this little scorpion, and so I, I, I thought, well, this is super cool. I thought, I, thought, I thought it was cool, man. I thought for a moment, I go, man, that's, I've never seen a scorpion before like that in my house. So I called the boys. I said, hey, boys, come here. Look, 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 there's a scorpion in the house. <laughs> and I'm like a dummy. I'm looking at it. I'm being entertained by it. And so we had visitors come. There were visitors that were, there was someone there at the house visiting, and, and I didn't want them to know, and I told my other son, my other son, I said, look, man, I said, look at the scorpion. He goes, oh, man, hold on. I thought he went to go get a broom. He got everybody in the house to come in and look at it. <laughs> I said, are you kidding me right now, dude? I said, I didn't, don't go tell everybody. Might as well tell the church now. So we're looking at it, and we're all like, wow, where'd that come from? We're <laughs> just a weird family, right? Where did that come from? <laughs> Brian's taking pictures, Instagram pictures. <laughs> Mira, scorpions. <laughs> and, and, and so I said, okay, look, guys, let me kill it. So, so, so I, I went over there, and I stepped on it. Now, listen, if I stepped on your toe, I'm going to promise you, you will respond. If I stepped on your finger, I promise you, you will be upset with me. I'm not a light guy. I'm a heavyweight. I stepped on that thing. Nothing. It was still moving. I thought, what kind of scorpion is this? And it, God is my witness immediately. I felt the Holy Ghost speak to me. And he said, if you're going to kill a scorpion, you have to stomp on it. And he gave me the scripture. And I give you the power to kill scorpions. And I stomped on that thing super hard, and that was it. But that was like a, a lesson for me. He, God is in everything if you'll listen to him. And I realized when we go through the valley and we face the serpents and the scorpions and the things that we feel like could give us a sting in our life, we don't need to be afraid of those things. We need to look at them, and you need to not have mercy on them. 
I love people. I, I tell you, I love people. You were called to love people. We were called to love God. But when it comes to spirit, I, devils, I have no mercy. And neither should you. Let me just say this to someone. There is no negotiating with the devil in your life. Don't sit down at the table of negotiating with the devil, negotiations with him. There is no negotiations. He's a liar. He does not tell the truth. He is not going to lead you down the right path. It's not going to work out the way he says or makes you feel that it's going to work out. There's a lot of deception going on because in people's valleys, they listen to the wrong counsel. When people are in the valley, they listen to the wrong voices and they're surrendered and submitted to the wrong feelings. Can you feel God? Amen. How many of you can feel God? How many of you have ever felt God? I know there should be everyone here. Well, if you can feel God, don't you think you can feel a devil? Am I right? Well, what does that feel like? Most of you are feeling it and not even knowing it. It comes in the form of temptation. It comes in the form of, oh, look at them. They think they're better than you. Mira, she thinks she's all bad. Well, I should have got that promotion and not him. Don't pray. If you pray this, you're going to get attacked more. Don't go to church because when you start going to church, the pastor's going to tell you not to drink, not to smoke, not to do this, not to do that. Why go live in bondage? Don't go to church. You can smoke a brisket today. Now, hold on a second. The flesh listens to things that are indulgent to him to it. And it, it goes a lot deeper than that because fear grabs a hold of your heart and says, your business is never going to prosper. You're, you're doing the wrong thing. Your business and services aren't, going, aren't good enough. No one wants you. If you feel that, if you get into a mode of fear, that tells you something. Listen, here's, a, here's the last tip I'm going to give you on this point and we're going to move on. The last tip is this. You have to ask yourself, always, always ask yourself. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, always ask yourself this. Is this God? The, the Bible says try the spirits whether or not they are God, right? If it's not God, guess what? The, devil's always, the devil always says opposite of what God is saying, right? If the Lord gives you a truth, then the devil's going to give you a lie, so you should know right away when God starts talking like that about your family, about your marriage, about your business, about your children. The opposite is God is saying the opposite thing about it and something better. So you're going to be blessed, right? You're going to make it. You're going to do well. Your business will prosper. Your finances will prosper. Everything in the will of God. So you have to fight for that right. You have to take authority in your spirit and in your mind and say, I stand 
with my jurisdictional privilege of being in this region that has been given to me by God. I am an ambassador of the Lord Jesus Christ, and I am not going to be bullied. I'm not going to be pushed around, and I'm not going to be afraid of what the devil says. My God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory. That's how you use the word of God. But if you give in to that and fear and not trust in the rod and the staff of the shepherd, the rod and staff of the shepherd was meant to bring you in and put some things away from you. Trust him. Someone say trust him. Number two, what are the benefits of trusting in God? What are the benefits of trusting in God? If you saw the movie Wonder, you'll find out that later he has friends and develops a strong character. The benefits of trusting in God, it's so real to God's provision and strengthening your character and making you stronger. David said it like this in Psalms 23, 1 through 3. He says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want, which really means I don't need anybody else. All I need is Jesus. You see, before, I, I'm going out of order in the scripture, but, but the benefits of being a sheep and letting him be your shepherd and the benefits of going through the valley, it develops trust. It develops dependency. I don't ever want to allow anything in my life that causes me to be independent of God. There is no substitute for the real thing. There is absolutely no substitute for the real thing. I think it's, again, back on finances, it's God's will for you to be blessed. But money can never replace God. Money can never bring you true happiness. Because I've found out the more money you have sometimes, the more money you spend. Not all the time. You have to have discipline. And that discipline comes from the Holy Ghost and gives you temperance. The Holy Ghost gives you the ability to, to refrain yourself from certain things. Now, it's a mindset. It's a mindset. You can't be fearful of failing. You can't be fearful of failing because you have to have a, a mindset that says, the Lord's my shepherd. I don't want anything else. I don't need anything else. I will trust in him. Listen to what it says. He says this. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. That's a benefit from trusting in God. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. That, that, I like that because he makes us. He makes us lie down. When we don't know we need rest, God gives us rest. When we don't understand we need to slow down, God causes us to slow down, to get a better perspective you know what your valley is doing for you right now? Here's what your valley is doing for you right now. It's giving you rest. That is the only way you'll ever pray to some of us. I pray more when I'm in trouble. I'm not, am I, is anybody else like that? Anybody else here prays more when you're in trouble? Now, I pray all the time. I do. I pray constantly. I try to do my very best. But I found out I put it in overtime when I'm in trouble. And I also found out that when I do put in overtime in prayer, that I have more abundant peace that comes into my life. I have better rest. I have more trust. And this is what Jesus had when he was riding on that boat in the storm. 
He was sleeping on the boat while everyone else was frantic. Why? Because his heavenly father was with him, and he knew he was with him, and he knew he had a purpose, and he knew that he was destined to be someplace, that he was going to get there, and there was no storm big enough that was going to stop him. Your valley isn't that deep to stop God. Your troubles isn't that deep to stop God. You have to forgive. You have to be willing. But you have to be able to get in there and say, all I need is Jesus. And trust him to get him in this situation. Let me, in other words, here's, here's where it lies. If you're in the valley and you're not trusting in him and he's not your shepherd like you should be, don't expect there to be changes. You might as well pitch a tent, start a fire, go hunting, because you're going to be there for a while. I've learned that the valley is as long as I want it to be. I've learned that my valleys are as long as I want them to be. So he is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures, and he leads me beside the still waters. And there is nothing like the still waters of God's presence. Nothing like the still waters of just simply allowing myself to get refreshed in God. Your valley will bring you to a place of refreshing. It will bring you to a place of refreshing. And then, listen to this, verse 3, He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for His namesake. So He is your personal guide in the valley. But you have to what? Start leaning towards Him. Start thinking towards Him. I'm talking to someone or people, a group of people today, and I'm telling you all here in this moment, your valley is going to be the best thing that's ever happened to your spiritual life. You need to start saying that. Say, God, thank you for the valley. Okay, that's one of you. Say that. God, thank you for the valleys of my life. Thank you for the valleys. You know, if you didn't go through valleys, you could never appreciate mountains. You couldn't. You know why you appreciate the blessings of God in your life right now? You know why you appreciate the good job you have right now, the nice house you have right now? All because you had worse. You had worse, but now God is bringing you to better. God has blessed you. God is promoting you. And if you're not in that place, God is fixing to bless you. God is fixing to promote you. God is fixing to take care of you. But it's all based on your mindset. Negative people, negative thoughts, negative words brings negative results. The power of life and death is when in your what? Tongue. And they then enjoy where you eat the fruit thereof. Think different, talk different, live different. Think different, talk different, live different. God didn't create you and give you breath just so you can suffer and go and live in a valley. God didn't design you to live in a valley. Valleys were meant to go through. Valleys were meant to go through. And based on your faith is how long you'll be there. You know the children of Israel, you know why they couldn't go into the promised land and had to wait there for 40 years? Because they had to get all the Egypt out of them. They still had a lot of Egypt. 
They were in their valley in the wilderness, and they kept saying, you know, if we had the flesh pots of Egypt, if we had it good there, even though we were under bondage, we would like for nothing. We had this, we had that. And all they can think about of what used to be. Because what God had for them was too much work. If you're willing to work, if you're willing to have faith, if you're willing to trust God, what seems hard for you to take, God will give it to you like the walls of Jericho falling down. God will let you cross over like they crossed over Jordan. God will bless you and give you land that you did not, hey, you don't have to, who am I talking to? Give you land. God gave us land. If God can do it for a church, for your church, your church, you're part of this family. Let me, let me put it in proper perspective. Is this your home church? Yes or no? Raise your hand. Did you know already God already gave you land? Well, I, I, well let me have my quinceanera on there then. Some people, man, you give them an inch, they want to take a mile. Oh, it's my land? Oh, no problem. Hey, guess what? It's my land. <laughs> Pastor said we can have a barbecue next week. <laughs> what? Oh, my gosh. Listen, God gave you land. Now, if he can do it at this level, he can do it at the other level. If God can do it for us, he can do it for you. If God can do it for us, that means you and I. Okay, here's my, here's my point. That land represents many things. That promised land re represents many things. Getting through the valley, getting through your wilderness, it's a matter of mindset until you're ready to comply and say, God, I, God, I surrender. I'm giving up. I'm giving in. I'm trusting you. And I know that there are benefits in this valley so I can reach my full potential in you, God. I know that I can reach my betterment, my better person, my spiritual man. I know I can reach everything necessary because in this valley, you'll make me lie down in green pastures. You'll take me beside still waters. You'll refresh my soul and restore me here. I'm not going to get wore out by the valley. I'm going to trust in you, and I'm going to live and develop in this place while I'm here. I might as well make the best of it. How does muscle develop? Through resistance and breakdown. That's not how you build muscle. You build muscle by what goes into it, nutritional value, by the nutritional value of what you put into your system that goes into your blood that rebuilds it properly. How do you make deals? By going out there and negotiating with the right people and having a strategy. And there's going to be a bit of resistance there, but you have to face the obstacles and the, and, and the adversity and not be afraid of it if you're going to make a difference in the world. Every person who starts a business, the first year of business is, is a year of survival. You have to survive the first year. You have to. But you've got to hustle. I'm going to tell you right now, guys, you want to start a business, you think just because you've got a logo and a website doesn't mean nothing. You got to hustle. 
You want to start a church? First of all, you've got to be called by God for any of these things. But don't think for one moment if you're called and you're called to a ministry that you're not going to have resistance. That's what the valley is. It's a time of resistance so you can build up your spiritual man. So when you get to the mountain, it's not a problem to climb it. It's not a problem to climb it. You've been conditioned. You're ready. How many of you want to be ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. And the third thing and the last thing is this, and I'm closing, is this. What can the enemy do to me? What can the enemy do to me? You ready for this? Nothing. Only what you allow. You can't be fearful in your problems and all the things that go wrong. The enemy can't do anything to you. What are you allowing him to do to you? He has no power over you. I'm getting ahead of myself, but he has no power over you. In fact, he has to stand back even in the valley and watch you be blessed in the valley. I'm going to give you some scripture. I'll give you some scripture. Psalms 23, 5 and 6. This is the reference to a shepherd now and the sheep. But listen to what he says from a sheep's perspective. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You know what that means? It's like walking into a restaurant when somebody doesn't want you there, but the owner comes in and says, give them the best seat of the house. In fact, I want, hey, <laughs> violin player, come here, play for them. I want them to have, to have the best meal of the house as well. And you get the royal treatment when somebody doesn't want you there and they just have to watch you enjoy your meal. Oh, maybe you've never walked into a restaurant where you saw somebody that didn't like you. Maybe you've never been in a place before where you walked in, you felt like the outcast and the odd, oddball, but yet you had favor in your life. Oh, well, maybe none of you have enemies at work. Maybe everybody loves you. I'm so glad for you, happy for you. No matter who likes you, who doesn't like you, it doesn't matter. When God's favor is in your life, hell has to stand back, look at you, be blessed. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, you cannot curse what God has blessed. You can't curse what God has blessed. You cannot curse what God has blessed. So you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemy. You anoint my head with oil and my cup runs over. That means that he anoints you in the valley. You want to be anointed? This is where the anointing comes. The anointing comes through breakdown and teardown and trials and backlashes and lying and backstabbing and, and, and the false hope and being let down and going through troubles. It's because you have learned not to stop but you've learned to keep walking forward. And in that moment, it is the perfect chemistry for the anointing of God to come into your life. I'm going to tell you something. The anointing isn't cheap, and it doesn't come by anybody just out of free will. It comes on you because you have been anointed by the shepherd who says you've been wounded. Listen, 
that anointing oil was given for protection over the sheep. They anoint their heads with oil to keep everything off, but also to heal their wounds. So God anoints people that have been broken and injured, but when they come out, they come out stronger. The anointing comes through brokenness. And through this valley, I'm going to tell you something. Through this temptation you've been going through, who am I talking to? Through this temptation you have been going through, you're going to come out anointed if you'll let God lead you and guide you and just trust him. You're going to come out anointed. I, I, I just never thought that I asked God, Lord, anoint me. God, use me. God, help me. I thought it would go a different route. But I can honestly tell you, I can go through and share a lot of stories with you about my personal life, but I know this. The anointing, could, I could never carry the anointing without God first allowing me to go through valleys. Because in the valley, I learned to trust him. And in that valley, he learned to trust me. See, God doesn't trust you just because everything's going well. You don't learn to trust God when things are going well. You learn to trust God when things aren't going well. You develop a deeper relationship with God when things aren't right, when everything isn't together. That's when it happens. And every single time I've asked God to grow me, help me, or develop me, he's allowed me to go through something in my life that I experienced some brokenness. And I've never been afraid of being broken now. Because every time he's put me back together, it was better. I was better than before. You'll be better than before. Maybe somebody here, maybe some of you are broken in your spirit over some things. Can I encourage you and tell you that if you let God anoint you and pray and seek his face, that you're going to be smarter, wiser, and stronger than what you were before? You think, let me, let me ask you a question. You may be looking at somebody else that's blessed right now in your life and in your industry or someone you know that's, that's doing well. They're successful. You may be watching somebody who's successful and everything they do is blessed. And you're probably saying to yourself, and maybe you have said to yourself, why has God blessed them and I can't be blessed in that way or experience what they're experiencing? I'll tell you why. Here's why. You're missing it because you never saw them in their valley. They probably went through deeper valleys. Than you could imagine. Joseph's brothers looked at him and that rank he was in. You see, that ranking you have in heaven will be a direct reflection of the ranking you have on earth. That's deep. The ranking you have in the heavens and your, in your position in Christ will be a direct reflection of the promotions and the blessings and the ranking you have in this earth. I told you a few weeks ago that Daniel was, over three, Daniel was under three kings, but yet they all came to him for advice. Joseph. Joseph was an Israelite, a Jew. Yet he was in Egypt, and he was second in command over all things. But 
Look how high his position was, but look how deep his valley was. It's in direct proportion. Your mountaintops are direct proportion to your valleys. So what I'm trying to tell you, catching this, you need to be encouraged this Sunday morning. You need to be encouraged today. The valley you're going through just gives you an indication of how high the mountain's going to be in your life. That's what it is. Come on, Haley. That's what it is. Trusting him. So you can't compare your life with everybody else because you don't know the valleys they had to go through just to get to that mountain. And when God can trust you in the valley, he'll trust you in the mountains. He'll trust you on high, in high places. He'll raise you up and give you an audience or give you a, a, a position of influence because God can trust you. But if you're going to avoid every problem, if you're going to avoid every conflict, if you're going to avoid every situation, then guess what? You are doing nothing more than delaying your God-called destiny. You're delaying it. You're delaying it. Don't be afraid of valleys. Fear no evil. God is going to be with you. Don't be afraid to face the circumstance. Don't be afraid to face yourself. Some people, I'm telling you right now, some people will never change because they are never faced their real problems. You will never find change if you don't face the real problem, problem in your life. You'll never be great or do great things if you don't have the mentality of greatness that says, I'm looking at this valley. It looks deep. This is a big problem, but we can't avoid it. We've got to go through this thing because valleys were meant to, be go, to, go, to go through, not to camp out and live there. You know where the still waters come from? You know where the still waters come from in the valley? They come from the mountains. It trickles down into the valley. And when you're in the valley and you're experiencing God's presence, it's nothing more than just a sign of what's ahead in your life. Thank you for the two of you that caught that. <laughs> Come on, somebody. I'm telling you, this is real. This is real. There are some of you here today that are in your valley, that are in your valley, and there are some here today that are on your mountain right now. The, the, the journey never stops because if we lived in goodness all the time, we'd end up like Israel and they forgot God. They forgot God. They forgot about him because they were so blessed. But my prayer today is this, God, let me find appreciation for every problem. Let me embrace every problem and let me grow from it and let me look at this as a moment of education for me. Let me grow from this. Let me learn from this. And I know that God, if I will just just, just allow you to work on my life when this is over, and it will be over, it will be over. Say it like this. Say it with me right now. My problems will come to an end. Say this valley has a mountain on the end of it. Everything's going to be okay. Come on, say it. Everything's going to work out for good. God's going to bless me. God's going to touch my family. God's going to help my finances. 
God's going to touch my health in Jesus' name. Here's what I close with. The depth of your valleys determine the height of your faith. All you need is faith. All you need is faith. I, when you see a problem now, you see a problem and go, okay, God, this is it. Time to grow again. Here we grow again. Right? You like that? Here we grow again. Here we go. We're going to face this. Nothing's too hard for God. Here's your mindset. With men, things are impossible, but with God, all things are possible. Here's your mindset. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You ready? Greater is he inside of me than that valley right there. God is able. If God got the children of Israel through the wilderness, he'll get me through mine. I'm just not going to spend that much time like they did there because I read their story and I learned from their mistakes. I'm going to trust God sooner. I'm going to trust God sooner. You can learn from other people's mistakes. That's why the scripture is there, to help you learn from people's mistakes, to know what to do and what not to do. It's all about a relationship with God. But today, today, you have to decide that it's for me, my house, my family, myself, my children. We're going to put God first. We're going to serve God, and we're going to go through problems, and we're not going to let valleys... We're not going to let problems stop us from doing the will of God in our life. We are not going to allow a little drama. Come on, somebody. We're not going to allow a little drama to stop us from moving forward. Oh, here, here's, here's something. I'm going to sting you a little bit, but you got to say to yourself sometimes, I'm not going to be the drama. Oh, you said it. Praise God. Hallelujah. Nothing, nothing's going to stop me in my life. I have hope. So the Lord sent his only begotten son and said, I'm going to lead him in there like a sheep led to the slaughter. And Jesus didn't open his mouth one time because he learned something. Little Augie, little August, his daddy said it, but his mama knew. If he goes to school, he's going to be stronger and better. We can't keep him reclusive the entire time. We can't keep him in the corner the entire time. we got to let him experience life. Parents, don't, don't fight your children's battles all the time. Teach them how to fight, and then they'll grow stronger. They'll never grow up if you're constantly stepping in there. Mamas, you're going to have a little boy your entire life. Daddy's going to have a little girl their entire life. You need to let God grow them, develop them, help them learn, teach them how to pray, teach them the Word of God, let them know how to apply it. Listen, God wants to do the same for you. He doesn't want you to stay the same level you're at right now. God wants to develop you. God wants to grow you. God wants to make you stronger. God wants to give you an anointing in your life. I'm going to tell you something, folks. When you're anointed by God, when God anoints you, hell is scared of you when you're anointed. You don't bother the devil when you're not anointed. You're just an average Joe. But when you're anointed, you have the power of Christ in your life, and he is dead, dog, scared of you. 
How many of you want to just get stronger, become wiser, and face your problems and grow from them? How many of you want that in your life? Raise your hands. Now, come on, stand to your feet. Let's make a declaration here this Sunday morning. We're ending the service. Let's make a declaration right now that I am going to be a man of faith and a woman of faith. Are you ready? Say, I am a person of faith. When I look at a problem, I will get excited because it just tells me God has given me an opportunity to see him work. I get excited because I know I'm going to grow. I'm not afraid of my problems. I'm not afraid of the devil. I am trusting God. The Lord is my shepherd. I don't need anybody else. I don't care if I'm by myself. I'm never alone when God is with me. Somebody give him a shout of praise right now. Thank you for listening to the Covenant Life Center podcast. If you enjoyed today's message, then subscribe and follow us on social media at CLC Victoria. Connect with us by visiting our website, clcvictoria.org.